And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Founder Fridays with Frank, where we explore the challenges founders face on any given day. Our goal is to give you ideas and support to help your business grow in a healthy and productive way. I'm your host, Frank Keck. My background, I'm the founder and CEO of CoreBuild, where we help build strong leaders and amazing workplace cultures. Many companies are contacting us these days to help them build a culture where their people can become engaged, highly productive, where everybody thrives, the people, the business, the customers. As that all of that being said, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, so I love working with startups and founders, and uh, I get them, they get me, they're my peeps. And that's why I'm excited to bring you Founder Fridays with Frank, just because it's fun to say, too. So you're in, a real you're in for a real treat as the first four guests in this series you likely know pretty well. They're the hosts of the Startup Hustle podcast. Last week, I got to sit down with Matt Watson. And, uh, you know, I just love putting, putting these people in the hot seat, kind of turning it around on them so that you can learn more about them as people and learn more about the awesome businesses that they've built. But before I tell you who today's guest is, let's take a quick moment to thank Fullscale for sponsoring today's podcast. Go learn how Fullscale helps you build a winning software team quickly and affordably by visiting fullscale.io. And now let's welcome our second guest in the four-part Founder Fridays with Frank series, the one and only founder and CEO of Marknology, a full-service agency, Mr. Andrew Morgans. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you, Frank. What an introduction. I appreciate it. So I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about Marknology here in a second, but uh, when I was with uh, talking to Mac Watson, uh, it was in my speaker notes that he's the best looking of the four hosts. And, uh, but I have in my notes that you are the coolest of all the podcast hosts. How's that feel to be the coolest? Well, um, I am, I am not married. So I guess Matt Watson has me beat on that. He, he locked it in. <laughs> uh, we're both redheads though. So we like to give each other a little bit of shit. Um, but coolest, I'll take coolest. I think I'm the youngest. Uh, so that, that goes for something. And I try to hang out with young guys and girls all the time just to keep me even younger. So I'm in e-commerce okay. that moves super fast. You gotta be kind of cool, you know, to be doing it. So I guess I'll take it. I'll take the badge. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, tell us a little bit about Marknology and kind of what you guys are doing over there. And okay. So Marknology is a full service, uh, a full service e-commerce agency. Um, all right, we've got, you know, definitely our bread and butter is Amazon and, um, you know, had a had a good hand in. I personally had a good hand in in um, launching, not maybe not launching, but like building the Amazon industry as it stands today. 
Um, it's a newer industry and, and what the Amazon or marketplace industry, I guess, because there's more marketplaces that have popped up, even though it started with the Amazon. Right. Um, we help brands, retailers, big box retailers, whoever of all different sizes, um, essentially navigate Amazon. And you say, OK, what does that mean? Well, everything from photography to like the, the images you see whenever you're on Amazon to, um, you know, how well they flow, the videos that are there selling the products, um, you know, SEO, which is like keyword riddled content. Um, right. There's like, you know, about the brand and the brand story. And, you know, there's some Amazon pages that are have one listing and they, they look pretty much blank. And then there's others that look like a magazine page. And, you know, we're more we're closer to the magazine page type of team, meaning we're just like really helping these brands bring their story and their branding to Amazon. But not just the beautiful stuff. We are helping with ops, you know. So, how do you package prof products to be profitable? Is it a three pack? Is it a six pack? Is it a case pack? Wow. How are we doing that? What's our labeling? Are we putting QR codes on there that gets them to our social media? Or what's our follow up strategies with inserts and, um, you know, email follow up? We're also uh, so that's like you know the operation side. You got right. returns and fulfillment and supply chain. You've got the branding and the content that gets people to convert once they land on the page. And then you have advertising, uh, which is a big part of uh, Amazon. They're the, I think, third largest advertiser now digitally. Um, and there's all types of real estate on Amazon for, for paid media. But it, on Amazon, it is actually one of the first channels where um, ops and uh, organic content like SEO and images and assets and things like that and advertising all work together um, to make your Amazon store successful. And that's just completely different than most companies, most retailers have ever dealt with before. Um, you know, a Fortune 500 company definitely has multiple teams. They have a media buying team, they have an organic team, they have, you know, so those teams right. don't always work together, but on Amazon, you need that. So we come in, work side by side with companies that might have one or two people in their company doing e-commerce or doing Amazon, but it's just not enough. And so we kind of come in and, and work side by side with them to lead to lend expertise, um, you know, extra hands like, you know, maybe they're expanding internationally. Um, we've been doing this a long time, worked with over 300 brands, probably several hundred wow. million in sales we've ran through. Um, and ultimately, like are leading the way in regards to like, what are the best, not just the best practices, but uh you know, the most thought, most innovative and like, you know, outside the box strategies toward building brands, um, you know, in a digital landscape. So I know that's a mouthful, but that's what we do for, that's what we do with brands on a daily basis. Like, you know, that's what we're doing day in and day out and have been doing for the last, uh, we turned eight in August. Um, that's very cool. And that's one of those things that you don't really think about, right? You just go to Amazon and there's all the stuff and you click on it and there's more stuff and a picture and the story and but I think most most of us don't really stop and think about, okay, well, who wrote the copy? Who took the pictures? Who put the concept together? How do you this... find that website? How do you find that meme? Yeah. How do you find that, you know, that product? Well, someone got you there, right? Someone yeah. like, optimized the keywords. Someone did something to make you say, yes, I want to buy this one. Um, and the customers don't think about it. Okay. They just trust Amazon, really. That's what Amazon did well for e-commerce. But the the brands, the retailers, Amazon is a huge, huge thing on their mind, um, whether that's because they've been successful there or they're struggling and they've heard about success there or their competitors are killing it. Um, Amazon is a big topic for, you know, uh, on, on the non-customer side, on the retail side, Amazon's a big, big topic. And um, I, I was just blessed to see that early. 
Yeah, it's it's you know we're going to talk about culture and leadership today, and I, it, so what you're describing really I think ties right in with culture and leadership. You know, if you're going to build a team, everything has to fit and work together, and so you really have to understand those nuances of. You know, why do certain people do certain things certain ways and how does it all flow and how does it all fit together? So, um, that's very cool. Thank you. We're having having a a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's changed my life, changed the life of my family too, as far as the business. Um, and we went from a team of like, you know, me, myself and I to, um, two or three for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, more recently, I think we just hired our 38th employee. Um, congrats far as team building and leadership and management, it's a lot of different skills than I've had before, you know, right. a, lot of, a lot of things I'm moving into and, um, it, what I did then doesn't work now. And, you know, having to adjust on the fly and trying to keep, um, we actually, like, I was very, very adamant about, um, having a team in Kansas city where we were all together. A lot of my competitors or, uh, you know, or even colleagues, I can call them colleagues would have built their companies around VAs. And right. a lot of, uh, you know, just e-commerce is, is very much driven on VAs. Um, but I, I felt if I was going to build a culture, if I was going to have um, a leg up, so to speak, or to do this thing that's very collaborative and build brands and not just have like, you know, people clicking buttons. If I wanted to have real people thinking strat- strategically and collaboratively, I needed to do it together. Um, and for the first, you know, probably six years of our eight years, I, I did it that way. Um and then the last two years, I've expanded our design team and, and have employees, you know, as the pandemic has happened, things have changed quite a bit. Um, but I do think starting like that was very impactful on on the culture and company we've built. And then now just dealing with the challenges of, you know, doubling the team and being remote. So when did you start thinking about putting the team together? Because it sounds like you, you had a vision of, OK, here's what I want this to look like. When did you like, was that from the very beginning? Is it like once you got your trio of me, myself, and I, and you're like, oh crap, I'm going to need more people. Maybe I need to start thinking about this. Was it when stuff started breaking? Like help us walk through how you put all that together. So some of it is just like knowing yourself, you know, and, um, I like being part of a team. Like I'm, I'm from a missionary family. I'm fourth generation preacher's kid. I grew up in Africa, uh, in the jungles in Congo, like, you know, just, I grew up differently. And, um, that also made me very close to my family. So right. actually when I started the business, I had been living seven years away on my own, um, without family close. And, um, I was honestly pioneering this industry when like no one believed in it. So I couldn't really get people like, you know, if you're doing a website, people know about websites. If you're doing programming, people know about programming. If you're like writing a book, like, okay, here's an editor, someone to help you. When I was doing Amazon, there wasn't anyone going to school for it. There wasn't anyone doing it. Um, And there's so many aspects to selling on Amazon and doing it well. So you have to be good at math and the financials of profitability. Um, You have to be able to be good at supply chain and understand logistics and planning and prepping. You have to be good at media buying and thinking like a customer and being able to put yourself in their shoes. You got to be good at photography or graphic design. You have to be good at writing and sales copy. Um, There's all these different aspects to selling on Amazon. It's not just like be an idea person or a great photographer or whatever. And so I really realized that while I was doing those things, I wasn't great at all those things. 
And so that immediately made me start thinking team, right? And then um, was like, I can't do all these things. I, I like want to focus on what I'm good at. Right. And so that, that made me think team. And then uh, the other thing would be like, you know, whenever I was still in a corporate job building this on the side, I made over $100,000 like in Kansas City between my day job and my freelancing. And as a single guy, that's a, it's, it's a good amount of money, especially yeah. a few years back. And um, I loved it. I loved like being able to take care of my friends. Like if we're out at the bar or going to a restaurant or being on a date or whatever it was, like I just had never came from money. And it was something that I'm like, wow, this is like, this is life changing in some ways. And um, I was like, I just didn't picture myself as being like an Amazon guru on an island, like working with a couple of clients, like a lot of people have done in the e-commerce space, write a course or, you know, live in Bali or in Thailand and, you know, do their thing. I just, I knew I wouldn't be happy if my people weren't taken care of. And so I slowed my plan down a little bit to, to make sure that happened first. So that's, that's really cool, Andrew. And, and, you know, one of the, the biggest things about building company culture and building your leadership team and, and setting an environment where people can thrive. One of the biggest things is to realize that the company culture is a, it's a, it's a mirror of the culture of the founder, right? Or the person in charge. So I love that you grew up uh, as a PK, right? Preacher's kid and a missionary. And so with like all this unknown stuff, but at the heart of being a missionary is taking care of other people. And so you come back and you're like, wow, it's kind of cool to have money. I want to take care of my friends. Hey, I want to build a company. Hey, I want to take care of my people. Right. So I think the culture of Marknology started back in your missionary days with your family, because those are the values that are inherent to you. And so, you know, as we start to put our company together, it's just to, like, I love your awareness of, hey, this is who I am, right? I got to build this around who I am. So I think a lot of times we get caught up in, oh, well, I should be this person, right? And my, to be cool company culture, I got to have an ice cream machine and a ping pong table. And well, not if you don't play ping pong and, you know, not if you don't like ice cream. So I love the fact that you got that self-awareness. I think we can all learn from that, right? Thank Founders, you. you're just... You are going to be the, the heart and soul of the company as you get started. And then to kind of have that vision of, hey, I, I can take care of a lot of people here. This is really cool. So, I yeah, love that. Uh, you know, e-commerce, like one, I needed them and 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 uh, they needed me. And so it was just like, you know, it was a fit like that. And, you know, I grew up with like, you know, you're, you're raised by a tribe in Africa for sure. Um, and you can, you can be raised by a tribe here in the U.S. too. It's just like a lot more independent of a culture. Um, but it's, it's not, or at least in the church culture, and I'm not religious now. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Uh, but in the church culture, you become a community or a family and it has nothing to do with blood. Okay. So it's just, you just take care of people, you know, for, for better or worse, there's this culture of just like, you know, you take care of people, you look out for people when they need help. And, um, that's, you know, I'm someone that like growing up in a war zone and Congo and things like that, trust is a big thing to me. And so building that in order to be able to take on, you know, think about leading this Amazon industry and e-commerce when, you know, most businesses in the U.S. are resistant to that. They were, you know, when I started eight years ago. So I'm like literally doing something that's kind of a little crazy, uh, you know, at least like I didn't have success then. And so the people that were going to like 
work with me or help me build this had to be like believing my crazy a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I was, uh, it was not slim pickings, but it was definitely like the people closest to me made moves with me first. Right. Um, and so, you know, we definitely have that culture of like, we've done this together and, and pioneered it. You know, I think between me and, um, uh, my leadership team, which is two of my sisters, uh, they, they both moved from different parts of the country to join me as I started doing it. We've got like 60,000 hours on Amazon. So, wow. Which is just a ton. Right. So, um, you know, out of that, we just started believing in what we were doing. We just spent so many hours doing it that it didn't really matter what other people were saying. We believed in it and kind of, kind of pushed through. So I definitely give some, some of that credit to, you know, the pioneering, uh, mentality of my dad, uh, going into, you know, various places of the world and saying, Hey, I'm going to start something from scratch. So, um, yes, the culture we have, like, and then, uh, you know, we're also just like highly competitive. So you mix in this, like, uh, you know, like kind of like take care of each other, uh, kind of culture. Um, and then you mix in just like winners, like honestly, in different, very, you know, different aspects of their lives, but just like built a team of winners that like competing, that like taking on hard stuff, right. Um, that like doing the hard stuff. And, um, it's pretty cool what we've done. I love that. So you're, you're like the perfect guest, uh, Watson told me I was a guest host. I said, well, I guess that makes you the guest guest, right? So you're my guest guest today, but just the perfect guest guest because you just telling your story, it's like, okay, that's a, that story just kind of defines how you, you know, people are always like, how do you build a great company culture? It's like, go, go sit down with Andrew for an hour, right? And, and just listen to his story. And so what I love about that too, two other things that you said, just to kind of recap how this ties into culture, you talked about, so I got some of my friends together, right? I got my two sisters together. So what that tells me is, okay, so alignment, right? And you talked about tribe and, you know, Seth Godin, the marketing guru talks about find your tribe, right? And I think when we're building that company, that's exactly what we have to do is find the tribe because those people are going to be interested by similar things. Like we don't have to go find 12 people exactly like you or exactly like me, but let's go find people who were aligned from a values perspective, from a vision perspective, but then you give them the freedom to be themselves. Right. And then everybody brings something to the table. So I love how you guys have doing, have done that. And so that alignment would be one of the key values of your organization. I think the first value I, I see in your organization in Marknology is love, right? Which I don't, you know, we don't really think of that as a marketable value, but it is one that you definitely have to have. Alignment is the second one. And then I love the third one, man, because it's like, okay, I've got these two, I've got love and alignment and let's sing Kumbaya kind of, right? And then it's like, and competitive. So I love that. And it's like, okay, that's just a little bit different. That adds the spice, right? Just to kind of keep things different. Yeah. But I think so a lot of those things. So as we bring in people who are going to fit, my guess is the people on your team have to kind of be aligned with that. Right. If you don't like competition, probably not going to work very well for you here. Yeah. If, you're, if, you, if you don't really like people, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a religious fanatic or something like that. But, but you do need to have like an interest in people. So I just... I'm impressed by how you've kind of put some of those things together naturally, but you started thinking about this based on your, your life history. Yeah. So I, 
you know, what I haven't shared is like I hit kind of a rock bottom in my life at around 25. I had been in love and with a girl for years. Um, and, you know, she walked out of my life and I was hitting rock bottom and was starting kind of all over. I was by myself. I was I found e-commerce, but that was the only thing I really had going. And, um, you know, I had always worked at jobs for the most part, I'm generally speaking, but just like where my management or my leadership just wasn't great, you know? Right. And it wasn't like I was at in the military and had an amazing colonel, like, you know, or something like that. I just didn't really have from restaurants to bars to work in security at the casino or as a painter at UPS in the warehouse or wherever. I just never really had these great bosses. And so I've always loved working. Like I love to work. Um, that's how I was raised. I just, you know, I like working and, um, but like working on a team that's like responsible for me losing, let's say like I'm losing based on not my own efforts, but based on some people on my team right? or because I have a leader that's walking us into an ambush, you know, that makes no sense, like horrible decisions. I wanted to build a company that wasn't ran that way. And that, you know, um, one of my worst things was like, you know, you go to a job that you kind of like the job, you don't hate the job, but you have mm -hmm. some coworkers there that just make you miserable. Yeah. And you know, uh, whether they're, bad at their jobs or they're making you carry their weight or they're just jerks or whatever the case might be. Um, I just committed to not letting that be possible in our company. And so, you know, especially at the beginning, um, we didn't hire people that like other people didn't want to work next to, you know, we just, yeah. there's a million, there's a million fish in the sea. We'll find somebody else. So it was kind of group decisions whenever I'd add someone to a department and, um, you know, obviously tried to make the most inclusive culture we possibly could um and we still commit to that but it was very much so like no jerks right yeah we don't want to, i don't i don't care if you're the best salesman you know you read that in books like you're the best salesman on your company the best producer it didn't matter i wasn't hiring for producers i was hiring for people that trusted and had alignment you know they cared about yeah. people they cared about their work they had a certain level of pride in their work um and then they were competitive like let's go get this um you know and what i could offer with marknology that a lot of companies couldn't even before the pandemic was um flexibility so simple yeah. things like you know our in hour is 11 o'clock um you know we can work from home we can be flexible like that um you know just simple things like that that can make the quality of life so much better at work for like let's say you know i took a gm he had 10 years experience as a gm in restaurants around kansas city and now he's running my advertising department you Very know cool. going on year three and so what mattered to him is he had two young girls at home and, you know, he's as if you know anything about restaurants, they work 24 seven, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I gave him a quality of life, you know, and it's like you say some people don't like ping pong. Some people don't like foosball or Red Bulls or chair massages at work. Yeah, that's not culture. You know, what's culture is like, I care about you. You want to be at your daughter's recital. Go like, you know, and um, that's really cool. Yeah, that's kind of like what I tried to give was like what other people, what other companies couldn't give or wouldn't give. Right. Um, that's before I had capital because I'm bootstrapped. So like before I had capital to offer like, you know, good salaries or whatever, it was what can I give you to like make your life, your quality of life better? And let's build, you know, this business that matters to me together. I love that. And, and again, it kind of comes from who you are, who, you know, like who you are as a person. Right. And, and so I love the flexibility and the loyalty. 
you reminded me I have a good friend of mine, um, Virginia Franzese, who's here in the Kansas City area, and she has a company, and their number one value is don't be a dick, right? And I'm like, Virginia, you can't have that as a value. And she said, well, it's true, but it's kind of the same thing as you, right? Which is don't be a jerk. So we don't, you know, if you're a jerk, you can't work here because that doesn't fit the culture. And, and when we hire people that aren't aligned with us, especially from a values perspective, those are the people that just don't fit in, right? And you maybe can't put your finger on it, but it's like, oh man, they just don't fit. They just I'm don't not sure why. It's not a cool factor. It's not. It's not yeah. anything like that. You know, we've got um we've got two people in their sixties that work here. We've got um black, white, yellow, male, female, like everything you can think of. Like cool. so it's not any of that. It's um, you know, we're just it's a vibe, so to speak, you know. So I just want to know, do you have anybody named Mark? No, we don't. Okay. So if your name's Mark, I want you to to to, to uh, come go to Marknology's website and I want you to go apply for a job. That just right. I just think we need to have somebody named Mark working at Marknology. I think we were going to get shirts that said like my name is not Mark. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, but but we hit the mark. We hit the mark. We hit the mark. It's been a lot of fun, like honestly, and and as a as a team has now expanded to like Latin America and Florida, and New York, individuals wow. in some of those places. Um, you know, it's a it's a top concern of mine to create culture, and I think it's got to go a little bit from just like quality of life uh, to like you know incentives and like you know different things. I'm trying to get incentives across all the different departments and things like that that might right. incentivize you know um some of the team that's not here in the u.s sure more so, right money is a big big driver so um just just navigating that you know and another thing is i think a big part of culture that people don't think about is i fire clients all the yeah. time all the time and you know at the beginning when it was just me i sucked it up and got stuff done but as the team has grown um, and we have a waiting list and we have like, you know, we're like, we're busy as hell. Um, you know, we have clients that are jerks and I have a no jerk policy from inside the building and outside the building. And so yeah. I won't let people be jerks to the team, um, which creates this, like, you know, we really are a team when the boss isn't just collecting a check and he's like, you know, someone's picking on us or not treating us with respect or being misogynistic or like, who knows what you know, they know that if they bring that to my attention, I'm going to take it very seriously. And, um, you know, that's a culture. I think that's a culture move as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you had mentioned trust and I think that's one of the things when you fire customers who are jerks, right. That, that you're not aligned with, you let your people know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking out for you. And I think that that builds trust. How, what are other ways that you build trust with your people? That was one of the things you mentioned early on. Um, I think you need to empower them to be innovative and try new things and take risks at work. So you have to empower them to do that and, and, you know, push them to do that and push, push, push. So you have to be pushing a bit. And then when they make that mistake is your opportunity. Okay. And so whenever they make that mistake, which is almost what you want, um, that's your opportunity to, um, really come in behind them, like help pick up the pieces, whatever that mistake is, like not blast it out. Um, you know, 
honestly, the big mistakes are not even what I really treat as the learning lessons. Those are the ones that I think they learn themselves. They don't need me to say anything. Um, you know, if I get constructive with criticism or like learning lessons, it's on the small stuff, the stuff that doesn't right. matter really. That's when I, that's when I'll like critique and, and do stuff like that. But I think you build trust whenever you show up when someone makes a big mistake um and how you show up and do you show up like pissed off and yelling around and like you know the boss is stressed or do you show up like i got this like as if as if it was your toddler that just you know broke your favorite pitcher and you know you're gonna scream at your toddler you're gonna pick (laughs) pick up the glass and the mess and make them help you know yeah some people will yeah some people will there shouldn't be leaders yeah you know they shouldn't be leaders so i think that's you know um in the face of like you know, mistakes and chaos and stuff like that is kind of like where you build trust. Um, when things are going wrong, how you handle it as a leader, you know, even if it's on you and it's it's not even one of their mistakes. Um, I think you build trust by um, backing up what you say you're going to do. So if I say we're going to get raises or if I say we're going to get this client or I say we're going to go do these types of things or um, go F and do them. You know, like that's the easiest way to get trust is like if you say it, do it. So, um, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm honestly in the trust building game, like as a just for my employees and the culture, but like for everyone else out there that knows about Marknology, that's looking at an Amazon agency or an e-commerce agency to hire in the Wild West. That is like an unregulated industry in some ways. Right. I am, I've been in the trust game for years. That's why I've been putting out value and expertise and I'm on this podcast and I do speaking events and I put our story on the website and, uh, cause I have nothing to hide. We're good at what we do. And, uh, this is a team that we've built. And if you don't want this team, if you want like, you know, some cutthroat New York guys that are savages and like, you know, like, you know, produce <laughs> results, I don't mean no disrespect, but if you want that kind of hard nose, like guys on your team or whatever, right it's not us. And I, you know, and so I put it out there that like, this is the way we do business. Um, so that I try to attract the right clients, you know, you know I but, think that's, I think that's everything, Andrew, because there are people who will say, you know what, you're, you're too Kansas city, right? You're too Midwestern. I need somebody in your face. One of the, one of the first companies I worked with, we we're getting the team together and we do this exercise called a team charter, which is where you talk about is we're going to work together. Let's talk about what expectations and aspirations we have of one another. And this was a, 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 an auto plant. And so one of the, one of the UAW members said, well, an expectation I have is swearing. And I said, what are you talking about? And, you know, out of his mouth came a bunch of swear words. And I said, I, I understand what swearing is, but how is that an expectation? And he said, if you don't swear, you don't mean what you say. So I don't want to have anything to do with you. But that was part of their team culture, right? Was you've got to be intense. So I think it's, there are people who are like, okay, that's the kind of place I want to work where people are yelling at me and it's uncomfortable all the time. And there's clients that like, that's just their style. So that's what they want. But those are probably the people that you're like, Hey, you know what? We're not your, we're not your team because we, that's not how we operate. And so I think just that, I love how you're like, Hey, we're going to be aligned in everything that we do. Cause that, then you don't have to worry about being authentic. You just, you just be you. Yeah. And that really came out of that low I was talking about when I yeah. think of that, that self-awareness was just like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. And this is the company I'm going to build. And as someone that came from no connections, no real opportunities in that regard, no, you know, bootstraps, um, like 
what I had to offer was me. Like, you know, that's what I had to offer. And I'm, I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm good at what I do. I work hard, maybe harder than most. And, um, you know, but I'm just a mid, I'm a nobody from nowhere, Midwest boy, you know, that just had a, an interesting upbringing. Um, but if you like that, if you like that kind of like out of the mud, you know, tenacious, like outside the box, creative, hardworking, you know, blue collar in a white collar world kind of person, that's me. And if like, that's what you think builds businesses, then like, I'm your guy, you know? Awesome. And, and um, that. so like, that's kind of the message I just wanted to put out and I wanted to be clear. And, you know, it's, I had like the best compliment a couple months back. I'll just like brag on the team a little bit, but you know, you work on all these things, you don't always get validation that it's working or not working, you know? And, um, we had a big manufacturer come in from, um, Cincinnati and they flew in, which is like a, a newer thing for us. I've had four or five brands fly in, but like, you know, it feels cool. So they're coming in, seeing the office and taking the time to bring their whole team out here, which is just another level of client, you know? And, uh, they had a consultant working for them that was like, had like 20 years of P and G and, um, you know, some of those, uh, a big company. And she was just like, you know, at the end of the day, I think we had like two days together and she was just like, said this to one of uh, my sisters and was just like, I just got to say, like, after being with PNG 20 years, I've been all over the place, like tons of brands, companies, service providers, partners. She's just like, your guys's culture is just so authentic and, um, you know, spot on from the moment we were introduced to Drew and we went through the sales process and like, you know, cause I did market share analysis consulting with them before they came on with us. And to the, when they came in, they got the proposal to when they landed here and arrived to when they met all the team individually, she's just like through and through your guys's, um, you know, culture is, is aligned and right on. And she said there was no drop from like the moment they met me to the proposal stage to working with us to meeting the team to the visit and that what else can you ask for right yeah. to me that's a home run that's just like you know if, if from my social media to my content that i put out that made them find me to the conversations with me to the handoff to the team to meeting the actual team to seeing our building and our vibe that we've got here um that compliment to me is worth a million dollars yeah it's very cool yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause she didn't have to give you guys that feedback. Yeah. And you right. know, it's, you don't get that all the time and not everyone comes out and visits your team, your whole team and yeah. goes to dinner with you. And like, you know, so not everyone's getting that whole look, but it's like, you know, if someone saw my content on the podcast or on social media and they met me in person and didn't feel like it was the same person, I would be very disappointed, you know? Yeah. So like the goal is as a company to be trusted and like whatever you're putting out there in the world, as far as content or a message or a brand or, um, your values, um, for people to say that it's you know true through and through. So I think one of your, one of your top three values, I always tell people you've got to have primary values, right? You're going to have a bunch of them, but you can only focus on three at a time. And I would say one of your top three is being authentic, right? And that's just in everything that you do, the way you run your business, the way you run your life. Um, so, so I have two quick, three quick questions. The first okay. one is, have you ever heard of a concept called the five love languages? Oh yes, sir. So I think for those of you that haven't heard the five love, love languages, you know, one of the things Andrew talked about was everybody's different. And so you have to show appreciation in different ways. Not everybody's driven by money. And so the five love languages is a book written that talks about different ways of showing appreciation. And so really to, to be authentic, you've got to show people appreciation in a way that's meaningful to them. 
right? And I hear a lot of that um, in your message today too. Um, question number two, and then I'm going to have to remember I didn't write down question number three. So question number two, what's your biggest challenge right now when it comes to uh, building your team? Well, it, it comes down to, in some ways, um, there aren't people that do what we do at a high level in the world. Um, we are like kind of pioneering that. And a lot of that comes with just on the job experience and training. Um, it's a, it's new techniques, it's new strategy. And it's not to say you can't bring value like in an experience into this that can help, but you just, you know, um, I went from like, you know, being valued at maybe like 50,000 a year to like 400,000 a year, like, you know, and so it's just been a crazy jump in the last 10 years at like what e-commerce is worth out there. And so, um, building a team around talent and a bootstrap, I'm a bootstrap company, um, takes time, you know, it takes time to develop that talent and then, and to keep it and to keep it and not get it poached out, you know, by, by a bigger competitor. Um, so, you know, it's been honestly the people, the people side of it at this point, um, you know, trying to scale the team and be as good as we were when we were a 10 person team, right. 40. Um, you know, taking on more clients and having the people that are now under my managers care as much as my managers did, you know, in the early days when we were building each other up. Um, so, you know, I've been spending a ton of time and energy and, and dollars on, scaling and process and all that. I know it's one of the major challenges, but for me, it's the people, um, continuing to find, uh, like-minded people as a team gets bigger, um, where we can stay just as connected and just as plugged in where, you know, in my mind, we do very, very important work. And, um, you know, so we've been the lifeline for businesses like, uh, during the pandemic, keeping them going, maybe one of their biggest channels, like, you know, we, um, for businesses that are getting older, we're bringing them new life and new revenue and, um, you know, strengthening America's infrastructure in a lot of ways. You want to be as dramatic as that. Like, you know, we're, we're adding, we're taking hundred year old businesses right. and, and keeping them alive, giving uh, them new life, giving yeah. them new life. And, and, um, not to like, that's a funny pun considering, you know, we just talked out about religion. Um, but it's, I've, and I want anyone that works here to care about it that much. Like I, I really, you know, we can make or break a business. Right. And so as their team, and I take that responsibility very, very seriously. And so as we continue to scale the team, um, finding people that care as much or, um, you know, about what they're doing within the job, within the company. And, and so it's, it's, I officially, officially have turned into, um, people, people is everything I care about, you know, and think about and obsess about. I love that. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges today is finding a finding people, but B finding the right people and um, finding expert software developers. It doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Uh, I, I remembered my other question, but what you just shared, it was, it was like, um, you've given us several tips, right? Which is really about be, be me. Right. And so you kind of learned that when you had that, um, that wasn't the right person for you. And so she left. And, uh, so, so I think my other question was, uh, I'm going to want you to answer this at the end. So hopefully come back to it. Have you found somebody that you are more aligned with? 
right? But um, if you could, so so keep that in your mind because we're going to come back to that. But if you could, if you could give us a tip, Andrew. So all the people out in the in the world that are listening to this, if you could give them a tip on, because you know, getting people, finding people, all that, that is a real challenge. If you could just give us like one tip on keeping your people, what would that what would that be? What have you found? I try to give them something that no one else can give them. And to me, that is, um, you know, a family, number one, that's not, it's not just one thing. And I wouldn't say just like a family of like anyone can work anywhere from money and et cetera. But like, if they go get the money, I do feel like they'll be leaving like a family behind. Okay. Right. So that, one, just making that, that two, and like you have a boss that cares, like, you know, it's a family like that. And then two would be, um, you know, I personally, as the boss, try to continue to find, make this job exciting. Okay. So I have like a lot of younger people working for me. They could be working all types of places. I know that once they work here, they can leave and make 40,000 more than they were making before they worked here. Like I know the value that we bring right now with our expertise. I know all of that. Right. But for me, it's, um, you know, giving them opportunities to work with, like, you know, to have this 23 year old working with a fortune 500 company rebranding them and um you know the ability to come to a conference and potentially speak or um jumping on a webinar and leading their first webinars on a topic that you know they never thought they were you know uh efficient or like expertise experts at but they really are with what they've learned here and so i continue to find like um the clients that i think challenge the team and the projects that are like exciting and fun. And like, you know, instead of just doing monotonous work over and over and over, I try to keep what they're doing, like for that. So that in the back of their mind, they're like, Oh my God, I'm growing and I'm learning so much here. Cool. That's what I want. That's what I want them to be thinking. Um, so that that value is just like, I'm not sure I would get these opportunities at another company. Um, so what I hear you saying is you continue to invest in your people, not just financially, but also, in them as people and challenging them to grow, to develop their skill set, so that they're much more valuable as people uh, after spending time with you. So if they leave, they're going to give up some of that, but you leave people better than you found them. That's, no my life, that's my life motto is to leave people better than I found them. And, um, you know, if someone interacts with me and they walk away, I want them to feel better for it. Uh, and if that would be, you know, if that's right over my tombstone, I'll be a happy man. Um, but you know, it's, I tell my, my team all the time, we have like, um, book club on Friday and, you know, different things where we're digging into some business books or, or mindset, mental health books, all types of stuff. And, Love um, it. and I tell them, I'm like, I will be extremely disappointed. Like if you leave here and, you know, um, you're not better than when you came and, you know, you're a reflection of not just me, not just the company, but me personally when yep. you leave the way you write emails the way you respond to criticism the way you communicate the way you hold yourself um all these are going to reflect back to me in this business that we've built and i want you to be the best version of that um whether you're with me or not so there you go his tip is he takes it personally invest in his people all right we're going to wrap things up andrew with i call it the four fast from frank so it's four quick questions first thing that comes to your mind uh, just really uh, pointed, quick answers. Are you ready? Ready. Question number one, paper or plastic? Paper. Question number two, to relax, do you want to be by yourself or with pe other people? With other people. 
your favorite cartoon character and why? G.I. Joe's. Does that count? Okay, sure. A real American hero. I don't know. I just always like G.I. Joe's. Okay, I love that. And uh, your personal mantra or slogan that you kind of live your life by? Uh, leave, leave things and people better than I found them. I love it. I love it. So I'll just tell you the answer to number three, your favorite cartoon character. Psychologists say that the character that we picked, G.I. Joe, and we, what we like about them, all-American hero, is how we see ourselves. So ladies and gentlemen, that was today's program with a real-life American hero, and I think you do fulfill that. And I feel like you've left us all better in the last 40 minutes than uh, you found us 40 minutes ago. So I'd like to thank our guest today, uh, Andrew Morgans. We found out a lot of really cool things, got some leadership tips and some values that will help you to, to put your uh, company ahead. And I just want to leave with one last Frank's Fast and Furious leadership tip of the day. And I think this, um, this put, encapsulates everything that Andrew talked about. Remember, it's not about you. Make it about the other person. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. And before we uh, go, let's give another shout out to today's episode sponsor. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let FullScale help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. Visit FullScale.io. Answer a few questions. We'll match you up with the right people, as you've heard how important that is today. At FullScale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. Andrew, thanks again, and we'll listen for your next podcast episode. Thank you so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>